0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
1: Cork's Red FM
2: Good evening folks Hope you're all well on this Sunday evening Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench until 7 o'clock a packed hour of sport coming your way wrapping up all the uh, games in the final run of the Premier Senior Football Championship going to hear from St. Finbar's as well in a bit we'll uh, wrap up the Premier Intermediate Football Championship action today we're going to hear from Can Turk going to look back in the Senior 8 Championship and uh, we will hear from uh, Bay and Gertig and banzin also on the show tonight going to talk to Andrew Horgan about a big week for the Republic of Ireland as they take on Slovakia we're going to talk to uh, Tom Savage of Three Right Kings as well to uh, talk about Munster's pre-season preparation and plenty more besides you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM Glad you join us on the big red bench it's been a good week for the bench nominated for an Imro Award for uh, Best Sports Show in the local regional category so thanks uh, very much indeed to all the Imro uh, people uh, who thought the bench was uh, good enough to be nominated uh, in the uh, best five of the, uh, the country I'm not very good at this uh taking credit thing so yeah I was delighted to be nominated I was nominated for um, Sports Broadcaster of the Year as well um, so it was great to uh, see uh, Corks for Lifting Sport uh, flying the flag um, uh, at the Imro National uh, Radio Awards and that uh, will be taking place uh, in about five weeks time on October 7th I believe up in Edder I think in so fingers crossed but look delighted to be nominated and all that jazz uh, Right, uh, I'm going to wrap up today's action first though going to get a goal update from uh, Peter Smith as con was just mentioning there at the end of his show, Manchester United leading Arsenal.
1: United 2, Arsenal 1. A wonderful goal scored by Marcus Rashford, latching on to a wonderful through ball by Fernandes initially. Rashford took one touch to steady himself before firing past Ramsdale. It's United 2, Arsenal 1.
2: Yeah, 72 minutes on the clock there. Elsewhere, uh, Brighton had a 5 uh, 2 win over Leicester today. Richard Newman. Oh time, Brighton and home Albion five, Leicester City two, a superb win for the hosts who strengthened their position in the top four, but Leicester now their worst start to a season in 39 years, one point from six matches bottom of the table and despite scoring twice they rarely threatened, it didn't look like it would be that way, a minute in when Kelechi and Nacho put them ahead, Albion responded well, they equalised for a Luke Thomas own goal and a Moises Castello put them ahead, that all only after 15 minutes and against the run of play, Leicester equalised before a breakthrough, Patson Dacca, who latched onto a ball over the top. Brighton started the second half strongly. Alexis McAllister had a rocket of a goal, controversially ruled out by VAR when his teammate was offside. But Leandro Trossard put them ahead, and Trossard won a penalty. McAllister scored it, and then McAllister rounded it all off with a stunning free kick in the final seconds. It's finished Brighton 5, Leicester 2. Such Leicester City still rooted to the bottom of the table, just one point from six games. Pressure has to be growing on Boston, Brendan Rodgers.
3: Across both aspects, of the game in terms of defending and then with the ball we we give it away so cheaply so uh, at this level against a good team that collectively play well together you can suffer so unfortunately that's what happened.
2: Brighton boss Graham Potter, meanwhile, says a uh, good afternoon for them.
4: Great performance, amazing win. Uh, the players were incredible. You know, got off to a bad start and then to recover like we did. Scored two goals to get back into it uh, with a better team, conceded a poor goal, but then the second half performance was, was fantastic. And um, yeah, can't say too much uh, other than really, really happy.
2: Sheffield United back top of the championship. But they had a 2 0 victory at Hull today. Reading briefly were second and now third after a 2 1 win at home to Stoke. Strugglers Huddersfield suffered their fifth defeat in seven league games. They lost 1 0 to Blackpool. Going to recap all the these uh, Gaelic games in the Premier Senior Football Championship shortly and the Premier Intermediate Football Championship. We'll give those results in just a bit. And the Ladies Football Senior Championship today, Air Oga beaten from I 7-13 to 2-9. Kinsale beating Valley Rovers four sixteen to 3-7. St. Fals losing out to Pride Rovers today in Rackormack. Uh, Bride Rovers winning four twelve to three eight. Kilty taking on Ahada in Ahamilla. That's a quarter to seven in the Cork Camogie uh, Senior Championship. Shan defeating Avondhu three eleven to five points. Down and Carbery is just underway. Uh, St. Finbarr's well feeling St. Catherine's today one fourteen to eight points. Motorsport victory for Max Verstappen today. The Formula One Championship leader taking another big step towards retaining his title uh, with a win at the Dutch Grand Prix. He crossed the line. Manchester United have gone 3-1 up against Arsenal we'll get you that uh, goal score and that goal update in just a bit sorry just out of the corner of my there just uh, getting distracted as I was just reading the uh, motorsport Manchester United 3 Arsenal 1-75 minutes on the clock uh, at Old Trafford turning out to be uh, what will be a very good day uh, for United this afternoon at Old Trafford Rashford with his second after uh, Christian Eriksen uh, squared for him to, uh, to tap home so United leading by three goals to one there but just going back to motorsport the Formula 1 championship Peter Max Verstappen leading uh, uh, taking another big step towards retaining his uh, title with victory at the Dutch Grand Prix today uh, he finished ahead of George Russell Charlotte Clare tonight. Lewis Hamilton the final podium place at Sanford Verstappen now 109 points clear at the top of the standings with 8 races left to go golf Cavins Leon Maguire starting to go on a run in her final round of the Dana Open on the LPGA Tour she shot 3 birdies in a row she's up to 1 under par for the day after 10 holes 12 under for the tournament that's good enough to put her in a tie for 6th as things stand Megan Kang leading the way on 16 under par. Johnson Caldwell shot a two under par round a 69 today in his final round of the Maiden Himmerland event in Denmark on the DP World Tour. He finished six under 13 shots off the current uh, pace uh, current or, or of the lead I should say England's Oliver Wilson winning by a shot on 21 under par tennis, Mateo Baratini level with Alejandro Davidovich Fakina at one set apiece at the US Open. Norway's Kasparu taking on Quarantine Mute of uh, with their encounter in the first set. Elsewhere today, Coco Goff looking to book a quarter final spot in her home open. She takes on China's Shuei Zhang later on today. Ida Tomjanovic looks to add to her win on Friday over Serena Williams when she plays Ludmila Samsonova. Finally, uh, to uh, Racing, a member of the Glen Bay Races Committee says the community is numb after the tragic death of 13-year-old Jack de Bromhead. People are sympathising from across the country after he died when he fell from a horse at the Glen Bay Races in County Kerry yesterday. He's the teenage son of Grand National winning trainer Henry de Bromhead. David O'Sullivan, who's on the Glen Bay Races Committee, is offering his sympathies.
5: Our heartfelt condolences go to the, the family. The racing committees are very Nick committee, as, as well as a group of people that are always together at every race, and I suppose everyone felt it, Jerry, yesterday. And as, as a community, we're all in mourning today. We're in shock, and we're also in mourning.
2: Oh, yes, Dagarev, Anam. All right, Manchester United 3, Arsenal 177 minutes on the clock in that game, and uh, that will certainly shake things up at the top of the Premier League table. It'll put Manchester United within three points of Arsenal if the Red Devils. can hold on to get all three points here and it'll be uh, Arsenal's uh, first loss of the season the first drop points of the season that will keep them a point ahead of Manchester City on top of the table Alright, going to start the show with Gaelic Games Look, a very busy day today in the uh, Premier Senior Football Championship The results first off the uh, reigning champions St Finbar speed and Rangers 213 to 10 points Aero O Gal losing out to Carrigline 112 to 10 110 uh, Douglas with a narrow win over Mallow 211 to 210 Valley Rovers 210 uh, Ballincollig 414 was how that finished elsewhere Nemo Rangers a narrow win over Clonakilty in a low scoring affair 8 points to 7 Castlehaven Feeding new system 3 to 1-9 So the quarterfinals: finals Be Mallow To face Castlehaven The winners will take on St. Finbars In the semi-final The bars straight through To the last four Nemo Rangers Will face uh, Carberry Rangers Ballon Taking on Carberry The winners there Will face each other In the last four Now our man Jeremy McCarthy The hardest working person In the business Was uh, out at the bars And Carberry Rangers Match today uh, We'll hear from Carberry Rangers manager Declan Hayes shortly First Bars boss Paul O'Keefe uh, Paul
6: O'Keeffe of St. Finbar first of all congratulations not only have you won today here in Balna but you've achieved the goal of reaching the semi-finals of the count, Premier Senior County that alone you must be very happy
5: yeah delighted look I suppose coming down here I suppose that would have been the objective you know like we kind of felt look we had a good points differential and we felt look, that even if we won even kind of a tight margin today we probably would have we, we, we would have got it over the line in terms of getting to the semi-final especially uh, with the hurlers being involved over the next couple of weeks, you know, so just it just it's a nice nice it kind of dovetails in with what uh, for the dual players anyway. So, but look, mission accomplished. We get to the semi final. Let me see where we go from there. Did G handle the elements better than they
6: did? I mean, the, the two goals in the first half using the win you seem to get, you got a much better score. Yeah, look,
5: I, I suppose like that was kind of the thinking going in. Looked at if you could build a decent lead, then you put the squeeze on the opposition for the second half, and it just makes it difficult for them. Uh, and look, it just just kind of went according to plan. So, um, you know, delighted with uh, with the performance overall. Um, you used the bench today, which was no harm
6: as, as well in a game like this, in a nutritional game like this. But uh, Stephen Sherlock coming in, they missed John O'Rourke's influence, but you gained Killian Myers, Murray, and Sherlock, and the movement of those forwards was really something, something else.
5: Yeah, look, you know, look, you know, it's something we've been doing a lot of work on, and you know, look, I suppose, like we, we were cogniz- cognizant of the fact that the hurlers are going to be involved next weekend. Do you know, so look, we kind of rested. You know, when it looked like the game was secure. Uh, we got the boys uh, we got the boys off and you know then give other fellas an opportunity to come on as well you know so kind of uh, got the bench on you know that kind of keeps everybody happy in the end of the day
6: Motivation was never going to be an issue for you, but the fact that you're already qualified—were you and the selectors kind of saying to the back of your minds, "Look, we got to get the job done here"? And over through, but there's still a job to be done.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Look, every championship match, look, you want to win everything you play it, you know. So, uh, and look, that was the objective coming down here. Look, was to just to get another win, you know. Look, obviously, like you never want to lose a championship match, you know, because it's, it's kind of a precedent and put you on the back foot. So, um, it was just about trying to get us over the line. And look, we were—it uh, was in our heads coming down here that they were, you know that, that you could get a semi-final uh, place. Look, and it's not something we've done. Before. Before, like so just to take that little bit of pressure off and give us a bit of breathing room and a bit of recovery and we can sit back and enjoy the lads watching the, the you know playing the quarterfinals over the next couple of weeks you know So, and we'll see what comes out of that
2: Excellent stuff well done Paul Thanks a million Cheers Red Ben, Sean Corks with defend that's Bar's boss Paul O'Keefe uh, talking to us there after that win today over Calgary Rangers that sees them straight into the Premier Senior Football Championship last four I'm uh, going to hear from Declan Hayes he's the Calgary Rangers manager
6: uh Declané is obviously disappointment with a loss but what did you take out of that performance against St. Finbar here today?
7: Um, obviously look disappointing with loss yes um, but look we looked, there was a lot of positives as well we were we were reasonably happy um, with a lot of aspects of our game we made a lot of mistakes which they absolutely punished which you know that's why they're counting amongst champions because they're clinical and I think their game management was very impressive as well I think look you know, we've we've a lot of we've a lot of young players and stuff, and I think they, they, we definitely saw. Um, you know how the bars managed the game and you know stopped the game slowed the game down certain times you know we probably played it too fast in the first half when we were playing into the wind it was a bit naive um, look there's definitely big learnings for us but um, from, the, from the game obviously look we're both true anyway which we knew beforehand but look it definitely worked well and if we can learn from it because there was a lot you know that the bars exposed and obviously they have a lot of experience and stuff then you know we'd be, we'd be happy if we do that's the big question I suppose um, you kicked
6: 10 points against the county Champions now a lot of it came late in the game and in the second half put uh, and like the wind was a huge factor
7: let's be honest about it but you got to be happy with that <laughs> Maybe not. Sorry. Yeah. Look, I suppose we were. And like, look, the other thing is like the, we we had no goal chance. Yeah. And like Vars showed how to close out a game. You know, if you get a run, um, them they they stop you. They don't let you get an overlap. They don't let you get a two v one. Yeah. They're very experienced that way. You know, whereas their two goals, you know, we just they turned us over out the field and we let them get a run on us. And you know, they had that bit of experience and stuff. But again, like I said, we'd be disappointed in that aspect. But like, lot to learn in fairness.
6: Uh, John O'Rourke was a notable absentee today with injury. Do you hope to have him fit? time for the quarterfinals?
7: Yeah, John got injured. Nigel, Friday night of training. Um, he probably, look, if, if this game was a knockout, he probably would have been playing, okay. being honest about it. So we're hoping and confident he'll be fit for the and Just have to obviously be sensible about it. Yeah, this is where you want to be.
6: If you take a step back for a second, a couple, two or three years ago when you first took charge, like it took a while to get, you know, the team is in transition, the panel is in transition. You're in a county senior, premier senior quarterfinal though, which shows the progress of the team, the overall progress that's been made.
7: Yeah, look. <laughs> Transition—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a word, but sometimes people use it as a word as an excuse mm. for you know or expectation isn't high or you know a certain standard is okay because we're in transition and we've used the word transition and, but like we're just bringing in young players but they are we do think they're very good players we rate them so we're not using transition as, as, a, as an excuse we don't have an excuse we expect to be we hope to be you know competing in the latter stages of the county of the county championship that's our expectation so yeah like there is a transition but you know it's not an excuse we expect to be here competing and you know I'm not sure who we're playing the quarterfinal the next day but we're, we won't be going there to make up the numbers Declan <laughs> uh, Lace thanks very very much thanks sir so- that's Carbury
2: Rangers boss Declan Hayes there speaking to Jerm McCarthy and they will be facing Nemo Rangers in the quarterfinals and the winners of that side will face uh, Ballancolic or Carberry and as I mentioned the bar straight into the semifinals they await the winners of Mallow and Castlehaven back to Old Trafford and Peter Smith
1: Manchester United 3, Arsenal 1. A second goal of the game for Marcus Rashford as Arsenal were caught defending high up the pitch. Harrison got in behind them, might have scored himself, but unselfishly squared to Rashford, who steered in from six yards. It's United 3, Arsenal 1.
2: Yeah, and there's, what, five and a half minutes left to go in that game. Going to wrap up the Premier Intermediate Football Championship. And, uh, Bantry Blue the results first off. Bantry Blue's two ten, Napier thirteen points. Kinlamarcha two twelve, St. Vincent's one five. I uh, had a twelve points Castletown Bear at one eight. I've Leary four eleven. 11 more interest five points. Canturk one twelve. McCroom one eleven, and uh, Rock Chapel one eleven. Navaborn seven points. So at the quarterfinals. I've Leary versus Rock The winners face Bantry Blues in the semi-finals, and uh, to take on Ahada. Uh, a The winners will face Canturk in the last four. Now Andrew Horgan was at that Canturk uh, game for us today. Canturk one twelve. Macroom one eleven, and he spoke to. Their boss Potter Kearns.
4: Great, congrats on the win. Uh, what were your thoughts overall on the
3: performance in the game? It was an performance, and um, we, we, we went in tough for a bit during the first half. We back over in the second half. We came out came, came as hard and heavy, and um, we were just on. We were lucky to get out by by win by a point
4: just in terms of the second half was it because you were maybe a bit complacent is it or you were kind of a few points ahead and things like no, that Well, I, I suppose every
3: week now we're on, on the go every week we hurling football so I don't know how many weeks they're going and going, going going out so hopefully we get them resting now this week and get them back training the following week but um, they need a break because 14 of them were playing dual and it's hard to be at it every week now.
4: is that kind of why you, you kind of tired maybe so in the second half and allowed them back into it
3: yeah we're tired but McCroom we're good like um, you've you've um, Mac Cargan, there, Sean Cailin, and Rory, Rory Buckley. They're three very good footballers, and they, when when they came out, us, we 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 were blocked up the centre, but they were getting around it. Um, and look. Fintan goal inside the corner McCrone a good team as well McCrone were unlucky to, to lose to Rockchapel they were up 9 points and they lost by a point there again today they, can't, we, they lost by a point they're, they're, they're not, a, not a bad team
4: Which is in terms of yourself obviously 3 wins out of 3 now so couldn't have gone much better this group stage
3: No I couldn't have gone much better in a small bit easier from my heart no um, look, I think we're in semi-final now aren't we I think that's the pairing we get into semi-final look we have one week to recover and, and next to go at it again for the, for the semi-final in 3 weeks same
4: yeah and just um, like how confident are you going into that now obviously after such a great group yeah, stages good group
3: stages yeah, but Ian came off there with a shoulder and drain, a few more niggles on, on the team let's get them sorted and get them right and um, get our heads focused on, on the, the next game is there anything particularly you need to improve on would you reckon at this stage sure look everyone needs to improve on everything no, nothing, all the good teams they have to improve on everything there's no such thing as 100% good, good game to play the dream game no? no there's loads of things to improve and we'll work them. but the semi-final to come
4: obviously the, the main aim is to get into another final and
3: try and win it as well well yeah it's not about getting into the final, but when you're semi-final to treat it as another game a big game But you you, you must realise if you lose the semi-final you're out that's into your, your, your season so yeah it's all about the semi-final now
2: That's Potter Cairns there in conversation with uh, Andrew Horgan after their win over McCroom today one twelve to one eleven that sees them into the uh, Premier Intermediate Football Championship uh, the Bonds of course, Premier Intermediate Football Championship semi-finals. Uh, right, uh, coming up on eighty minutes, eighty-eight minutes. At Old Trafford, United leading by three goals to one, to be a huge three points. If Manchester United were able to hold on for that. Game, but we're going to talk about uh, Senior A football championship. No, Ballina Geary uh, qualifying uh, for uh, the Senior A football championship quarterfinals after they defeated Abandon 113 to 112 last night. They were ahead uh, by five points at two different uh, uh, points in the game, uh, but I uh, didn't uh, secure the win until uh, Ben Certain's uh, injury time winning free. So we're going to hear now from Dennis Reen, who is the Ballina boss. He's in conversation with Jarmack.
6: Dennis, first of all, uh, obviously, congratulations the win. Donnie's drawing means he topped the group. Means you're true, but uh, you're, you're for your your reactions to that performance.
8: Yeah, I suppose you can see by the lads' faces. Second half wasn't good enough. Um, we've a fierce ability in this group, and we we're very very professional. And you can see by response there. It's good to see the lads cross because. We were on cruise control twice in that game and then didn't see it out. You were five points up at halftime. You were five points up after you got the goal. Did you just take your foot off the game? Was it a mental thing, do you think? I uh, don't know. These boys are mentally kind of strong. We don't win the come for nothing. It's just one of those days that we made silly errors in certain crucial points of the game. But look, we got out of jail. We'll go through the quarter final and the rest the rest will take off now for itself.
6: Yeah, it's been a fantastic year for you so far, and there's still a lot more to come, you'll hope yourself for that. But will you take some positives from tonight, especially the scoring?
8: Absolutely. I mean any day you come out the group top is brilliant. And I mean Luke Bandon beat us last year by points so let's call a spade a spade here. We beat him. We're a happy performer, second half, a lot of work to do, but we go back to the drawing board again Tuesday night or are we in the board Tuesday night Didn't go going back to career end season over, to be honest with you. Um your view of this competition format,
6: because there's been a lot of criticism, a lot of positivity about it, a lot of people down the middle of it, but your own Opinion
8: than how it works well I suppose I'm like, from Kerry and he's the same farmer in Kerry uh, I suppose when they went to the Kish game the time 2016 was different like we lost the first round that day we were lucky they were at the back door and, and that took off for us as well I, I love this competition I think it's the best way to go I think it's great for Cork football everyone has to play the last game which is the most important yeah. thing. there's no dead rubber and that's the most important thing but look as you can see today
2: exciting and move on that's Dan there in conversation now uh, with Dermot McCarthy going to hear now from my band and boss Colm O'Hearn.
6: I uh, call him obviously, look, disappointment tonight uh, to lose uh, to Ballingerie in what was a very, very competitive and a very tough game. But you must be proud, considering all the injuries and the absentees, to come back from five points, so to get it back to a point on two occasions.
9: Real battling qualities, despite the loss. Yeah, immensely proud, George. I thought the second half were absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, we just left the same as the, the Donny's game here at last. We left too much to do in the second half. I thought we did enough in, in the second half. You know, I, I thought that. We had done enough. I thought we deserved to get at least, at least a draw out of it. Do you know?
6: Um, because of the format of the competition right now it looks like you'll be playing New Market in a relegation final, but you'll take heart from this. I mean there's so many positives to take from
9: it. Hugely, yeah, hugely. I, you know the second half there was as good a display that we've given all year, you know. We've been kind of chugging along, spluttering along all year not playing great, but that second half there, you know, I suppose and without without our top scorer for the last three or four years, Barry Collins missing, couldn't play due to hamstring strain He should be back for the new market game, you know. So you know there's a lot of young guys came on there you now as well that I thought they were fantastic. Um obviously with the dual commitments it's not easy, it's
6: getting harder and harder each year for clubs like yourselves. But a victory in that relegation playoff will
9: be a welcome boost. Oh hugely, hugely, you know I suppose look we've Balanhas next in the hurling next weekend so that'll be that'll be the main focus, but I suppose you know a new market will, will be in the back of the minds but I think the club will just focus on on ben Haskin at the moment and just finally from your own point of view in the
6: football and like playing in this type of format of championship now there's something to play for in the final game for everybody
9: it's an exciting format not necessarily for managers <laughs> but it's an exciting format are you a fan of it? I think it's a brilliant format, I love it, but I suppose it is very tough on the jewel clubs. Yeah. You know, I suppose it'd be different. I suppose if you had the numbers that the Bears had, they could, throw, you know, and, and Rockies and, and Michaels could have two separate teams. We can't, you know, we really have 13 or 14 the same. And you can see Valleys, Newstone, you know, that are really not getting the most out of what you probably could if you were just a one court club. But as a format itself, I think it's fantastic. Maybe if, if time allowed and you had a two week break between games, you know, that'd be ideal and just finally you're looking forward to this it's a one off game your players show
6: tonight the heart and determination in that band in Jersey you'll be looking forward to it
9: yeah really looking forward to it No, going back to the league market gave us an awful pacing side in Bandon and she's think they about 20 points so a look but if we, if we can give what we gave there in the second half be very much. Uh, we are very much into his it. Big red
2: bench on Cork's sort with of, a famous columnhorn there of band Then just waiting on the full time whistle at Old Trafford, Manchester United picking up a huge three points against uh, Arsenal Their on beaten run coming to an end. It's Manchester United three Arsenal one in the dying seconds. There we get your full-time report on that. And up next we're talking to Andrew Horgan ahead of a big week for the Republic of Ireland. The
1: big red bench. Saturday and Sunday from six p.m. Cork's Red FM.
2: Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the big red bench. We're here on sale seven. After that, green and red with Mags Blackburn coming away three hours. Of the very very best. Irish music on Cork's Red FM from 7 on until 10pm tonight so don't forget that uh, after the big red bench this evening full time whistle has gone at Old Trafford Manchester United 3 Arsenal 1 is how it's all finished there and a superb win for the Red Devils goals from Anthony and 2 for Marcus Rashford in the second half Saka with Arsenal's goals make it 1 apiece but that's a huge 3 points for Manchester Chelsea United are three points behind the leaders Arsenal. After that, they're up to fifth, and they're a point ahead of Manchester City after six games. Full-time report on that one to come in just a bit Uh, first though we are going to talk international football a huge week for the public of Ireland as they uh, beat Finland to book a place in the World Cup qualifiers and uh, another big game to come against Slovakia and uh, a massively convoluted qualifying system for the World Cup qualifiers so I got Andrew on the phone earlier to talk to him about that and uh, to try and make some sense of it for us. First, though, going to hear very, very briefly from uh, Denise O'Sullivan, uh, the uh, Cork woman who had a fantastic game uh, against Finland as she always does. I don't think Denise O'Sullivan has ever put in anything less than a ten out of ten uh, performance for the girls in green. But let's hear briefly from Denise, and then we'll talk to Andrew.
10: Absolutely speechless. I'm just have no energy left. But um, this has been what we've all been dreaming of. And um, sure that as a team, not making it to the Euros was a big, a big blow for us and um, going out there and making the playoffs tonight is what we've all been dreaming of and look we dug deep as a team we stuck together and the fans came out tonight the stadium was rocking so thanks to everyone you were on this journey with us so yeah it's unbelievable I've been feeling it for weeks coming up now I've been thinking about this game and uh, social media everything the media behind us this, this game was unbelievable um, the attention behind it was unreal everyone was behind us um, and we, we could all feel that and we could feel the fans tonight we could feel the atmosphere Um Energy that was brought to the stadium kept us going. I think in that 98 minute um, when we had no legs left, um, yeah, so it was it was unbelievable. And we're just look, we've a long way to go. We've made the playoffs, but there's a still a lot of work to do. and um, We can improve a lot still as a team. We're after grown a lot, but it's still a lot of work. But we're excited.
5: There were nervy
9: moments as well, particularly in the first half. What was the feeling at halftime? What was the conversation at halftime in the dressing
10: room? I think we just needed to be more composed. Um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, they came out and they kind of changed up their formation a bit they played a diamond in midfield and I think we kind of got stuck on what to do in the middle of the park and uh, we went in and Vera just said stay relaxed stay composed once we get the ball and um, I think in the second half we showed that we were a bit more composed on the ball and um, and we we went at them. I think compared to the first half, they came at us, and um, yeah, the crowd was was a big big thing for us in the second half that kept us going. Yeah, when Lily scored a goal, I mean, she came on. I think she was a game changer for us. She changed the game. Um, she broke up the play. She got in the ball. She was composed, and then that goal um, was unbelievable. She's a good header of the ball, uh, but when she scored, all the emotions were going through my head. The stadium was rocking. Um, but at, at the end of the full whistle I think I just dropped to the floor Uh, a few tears came out I was very emotional and I think that's from all the hard work that team has went through a lot not making the Euros so just getting to a playoff is absolutely huge for this team it's historical and um, it's a very proud proud moment for me and my family there in the crowd it was it was really nice
2: Yes, Denise O'Sullivan there speaking after the win over Finland and a uh, huge game to come now on Tuesday night Andrew Horgan's on the line first though uh, Manchester United uh, beating Arsenal 3-1 today Peter Smith
1: United 3 Arsenal 1 referee Paul Tierney with VAR assist Ruled out an early Martinelli strike before allowing an advantage that enabled United's £85 million signing Anthony to mark his debut with a goal. Arsenal kept a spell of second half possession with a his Sacco equaliser, but Marcus Rashford sealed United's fourth consecutive win with a double after running onto a defence, putting through ball from Fernandes and then steering in from Ericsson's unselfish pass, inflicting Arsenal's first defeat of the campaign. United 3, Arsenal 1. All right, it's been a great week for
2: the Republic of Ireland as they book their place in the World Cup playoffs. The uh, procedure for the playoffs is very, very complicated. So I'm going to call on the expertise of a man far more intelligent than I and a man who's got uh, it all figured out, hopefully anyway, Mr Andrew Horgan of The Echo. Andrew, how are you, boy?
4: Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks, Rory. How are you?
2: Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, f- uh, for joining us. I'm very well. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll just uh, look back on um, the win over Finland first, Andrew. And it wasn't a vintage performance by the Republic of Ireland by any stretch of the imagination, but they got the job done and there was a lot of pressure on them going into that game.
4: Yeah, and at, at this stage of the group stages, you know, your, your last home game and second last ga- game of the group campaign, um, it's not really so much about the performance. It's all about the result, and Ireland got it in the end. Um weren't particularly great first half. I thought Finland were the much better side. Looked dangerous as well going forward and Ireland just couldn't get into the game whether that was maybe Finland doing well to nullify Ireland's best players like Denise O'Sullivan and Katie McKay but maybe a bit of nerves as well. But now Ireland grew into the game and you know got the goal. Uh, Lily Ag, uh, whose grandmother is from Cork <laughs> and that's how she qualifies for Ireland with a great header and they just did enough then to grind out the win and I said it was really important. Obviously, they got the results. Um, they didn't want to go into the final game, needing still a result to secure that playoff spot. So, yeah, not the best performance, but a um, really good night all around for Ireland.
2: You could see how much it meant to the entire squad afterwards, Andrew, and almost the relief at the final whistle. You could see how much it meant to Vera Powell afterwards as well. Um, afterwards, it was an incredibly special and emotional moment for everyone. Yeah,
4: because I'd say it kind of... Bad memories of the Ukraine game just a couple of years ago. Um, probably were still in their fresh in their minds um, when they obviously missed the chance to qualify for the Euros. They mm. went to Ukraine needing a positive result, and they were there in the playoffs indeed for the Euros. And unfortunately, they gave away a really bad OG. Katie mcgee missed a penalty in Ukraine, and it's just a really really bad night. And ultimately, they didn't qualify. So again, that probably led to the the nerves and the tension going into this game. They were probably fears that history would repeat itself, but. No, and in the end, they said they got the job done, and yeah, you could see what I meant to them afterwards. It's kind of relief, but also, just like they created history. This is the first time they've qualified or for the playoffs for a World Cup, and you could see what I meant to them. And yes, yeah, so they deserve all the, the celebrations, but there's still a big game to come, and so they can't get too far ahead of themselves. Mm. And I said there could be a few big games coming up after that in the playoffs. So I said they're far away from way, far away from the World Cup yet, but um, not still a great achievement finishing second in the group, considering as well that. Mm. Sweden won the group they were always going to win that group because they're an incredible side and the battle really was for second and the with a game to go against Finland who were the second seeds is a, no, it's a really big achievement
2: Andrew when you look back as well and reflect on where the Republic of Ireland have come from I mean like five years ago they were swapping tracksuits in, in, in toilets in Dublin airport and now they have the, a huge chance to qualify for the World Cup the change in Irish football uh, Irish women's football over the last five years has been uh, astronomical
4: yeah, absolutely, and like it's just it's it's a bit mad looking back and on how bad a place it was. Like it it never should have got to such a, a bad level uh, behind the scenes, and the fact that those players had to deal with that is is still a disgrace even now. Like just looking back on it, but um, and those players as well deserve credit. Obviously, they they laid the foundations for this national team and there's a lot of good work has gone on behind the scenes since and it's getting a lot more publicity now and there's better and better players coming through the ranks and they're in a really good position now it's probably the, I said, the best probably women's national team Ireland has ever had and certainly in modern times anyway and I said this is a really big achievement getting to the playoffs and Avir Power deserves a lot of credit as well and um, it's easy to forget as well even I mentioned the Ukraine game in and around that time they lost seven games in a row and she was getting criticised for taking on these really tough friendlies but she was doing it to obviously instead build for the future and as I said at the moment it seems like it was obviously the correct decision because instead of playing really good stuff as well maybe not so much the other night but in this group stages they've um, produced some really good results and performances and I said, there's still young players coming through. So again, hopefully they can get to the World Cup and just keep that momentum going. But um, it's in a really positive place at the moment.
2: There's, uh, there was a big blow for the Republic of Ireland team when it was announced that our Corks' Megan Connolly is going to miss this game uh, during the week because of a rib injury. We saw the ball she played in for the Jags. Uh, goal was an absolute cracker. But overall, um, she's a huge part of that Republic of Ireland team and will be missed against Slovakia.
4: Yeah, she is absolutely um she can play kind of a number of different positions as well and she's pretty much never present in Vera Powell's side as well. And again, even if she was playing centre back, you mentioned the assists for the for the goal and she's chipped in with a few important goals in this campaign as well. And as I said former college Corinthians player, she has a lot of composure on the ball, she's a lot of quality and yeah, she will be a big loss and um well I suppose obviously they still have a couple of great players like Denise Sullivan, obviously from the Cork perspective, um She'll be probably making her 96th appearance, I think, mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday, depending on how the playoffs go, and hopefully they go well. like She could end up becoming a Centurion at the World Cup as well for Ireland. So... Uh, Megan's a big loss but Ireland still have obviously a lot of great options and hopefully um, they'll get them across the line Tuesday with another win
2: Yeah, Fingers crossed there will be and, uh, Nia Fahey hopefully will be back in for that game missed the game against Finland due to a groin injury it's kind of 50-50 I suppose with her I mean like Vera Powell wasn't exactly 100% confident she'd be available for Slovakia but if she were available it would kind of uh, dampen the blow of losing Megan Connolly
4: yeah, absolutely. Um, so She's been really impressive with Liverpool last year, um, helping them get back to promoted and get back into the top division in English women's football. So I said hopefully she comes back in because, again, Jamie Finn picked up a yellow card. I think she's suspended for the game against Slovakia. So Ireland, look, it is such a big game for them as well. They, even though they have a playoff place secured, like a win will help them skip the first round of the playoffs and go into the second if they can do it on Tuesday night. So again, they're missing a few big players, so it's probably just need the other players really to step up. And um, against a decent Slovakia team and who they drew with in Dublin, so it won't be easy. So I said uh, Megan Connolly and the players you mentioned there, they're going to be a loss. So it's up to the others to step in and fill the void.
2: All right. So now we get down to it. Explain the playoff format if you can. And remember, this is an hour long sports show.
4: Yeah, so how long do I have to have a full hour? That's so yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, like, this women's qualification campaign is, um, there's nine groups, so the nine group winners go straight into the, the World Cup, so that's the easy part, but um, where there's nine group winners, there's nine runners up, and they go into, they're kind of a bit of a league format, um, so it's the top three of the nine, they go automatically into round two, so the other six will play against each other. And three of them will go into round two as well. So then Ireland at the moment, um, I think they're fourth, but if they win against Slovakia, they will be the top three. So they will get to skip round one and go straight into round two of the playoffs, which is obviously the less games you play, the better it is. Mm. Um, so then in round 2 the be three teams, as I mentioned, then the three winners from round one go into round two. They'll play each other. And then the three winners from that will go into round three. And then the top two best teams, based on the qualification results, um, will go into the World Cup. And the other team will go to New Zealand, I think, for an interconfederation game, which is where I read. And I'm not sure even who they'll play in that. But I said the thing is for Ireland, just beat Slovakia. You're definitely in round two. And if other results go your way and you get a favourable draw, um, Ireland would be well placed to potentially skip round three as well. So. To go to the World Cup, so but at the moment it's just it's just bit of a mad system that they could play three playoffs, they could play two, or they could play one, and like I don't know who came up with that system, <laughs> like I don't know why it's that way, and but it is, and I said Ireland just have to do the job Tuesday, beat Slovakia, and. and and hope for the best (laughs) nearly and see what happens
2: yeah fairly convoluted there but uh, thanks for trying to explain that to us Uh, very very complicated system All right, indeed but as you mentioned if they beat Slovakia on Tuesday it'll make things an awful lot easier and as you mentioned Andrew the Slovakia team are a decent team
4: yeah I said they came to Dublin and I think they finished nil all so they they were the fourth ranked team I think in in this group so again Ireland if they play to their best they probably should be winning the game they're probably the favourites going into it it's probably a strange situation for Slovakia as well it's their last home game but you wouldn't imagine they're going to have a raucous crowd there roaring them on maybe they will who knows what we'll have to see on the night but it's obviously a much bigger game for Ireland so Ireland hopefully should have that extra bit of motivation knowing that a win and they're in round 2 of the playoffs whereas Slovakia probably all they're playing is for pride really and playing to try and finish the, the group stage on a high. So but um no it, it won't be an easy game but instead of Ireland are really at it and like it's another big opportunity. It should also be some bit relaxed that worst case scenario you're just in round one of the playoffs. So they should be a bit more relaxed, you should go out there and kind of show their quality and as I said hopefully if they get the win and then with round two of the playoffs to look forward to instead of round
2: one Yeah, there was one negative I suppose uh, from the game in Tala Andrew and that was the amount of empty seats that were there the FBI had called it a, a sell out uh, in the build up to it and it was anticipating a big big crowd now there was a huge crowd there but uh, give and take almost a thousand empty seats at the game the FBI said they're going to launch an investigation but it's, it's kind of frustrating for people who wanted to be there uh, who couldn't get tickets had to watch it on TV to see all those empty seats
4: yeah, because even at the time I remember there was a lot of bait out that it was it was sold out within maybe half an hour or something, so tickets couldn't get it, and I remember even putting on a tweet at the time, and I think it was fair enough the players wanted it at the Tala, they wanted it, the, it to be sold out rather than potentially moving it to a bigger stadium like the Aviva, and it would only be like. but it just seemed like at the time there was such a demand that maybe the Aviva would have half sold out the Aviva, but um, so the players obviously wanted to play in Tala and they wanted to play in front of a full house, and like for all the world it looked like it was definitely gonna be sold out and they said it was almost that tickets were gonna supposed to be really hard to come by and you can imagine the world had disappointed people that couldn't go to the game then because of that, because it only holds maybe seven or eight thousand, I think. So the fact that then the match kicks off and you know there's images coming back and online of just empty seats and and what's been really disappointing for the people that were watching at home and would have liked to have gone and it must have been really even a bit disappointing for the players maybe thinking what's going on here like why aren't we, why the all these seats full and stuff but um, I said thankfully it didn't impact the results but maybe it didn't even impact the result results <laughs> performance something a little bit maybe that's a bit of a stretch but um, it's just obviously something the FAI need to look into I don't think it's the first time it's happened either um, certainly it is probably the first time it's happened to a large scale like this but um, no it needs to be looked into what exactly went wrong just to make sure because With the playoffs, depending on the draw, you could have big home games again to come, even bigger than that game. And you don't want a lot of MTC to want it full house. And um, so, yeah, they need to look into it and resolve it just to see what went wrong and make sure it doesn't happen again.
2: All right, Andrew, thanks for joining us this evening on the big red bench.
4: No, thanks for having me, Roy.
2: Thank you, Andrew. It's always a pleasure having Andrew on the show. And uh, yeah, look, it's been an amazing week uh, for the Republic of Ireland. Um, It's another big week ahead World Cup playoffs to look forward to and as I mentioned with Andrew just like a couple of years back considering that the Irish team were changing the airports and giving back tracksuits and stuff like that so for them to come so far in the last five years it's absolutely fantastic I watched that game against Finland on Tuesday or during the weekend it was just absolutely fantastic a great performance and well, maybe, well a great result as I should say I mean like as myself and Andrew were discussing maybe not the best performance but it doesn't matter they got the three points the ground that i got three points job done and now into the World Cup playoffs and things could get a bit better if they beat uh, Slovakia this week. So another big week ahead for the girls in green. We are going to talk rugby and uh, Munster playing London Irish at the weekend on on Friday in Musgrave Park in a a pre-season clash. Tom Savage, our good friend of the wonderful ThreeRedKings.com, spoke to Aidan about just how Munster are shaping up heading into the season.
11: All right, I'm joined on the line by Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings to uh, review Munster's pre-season and to look ahead, of course, to the season ahead, which starts in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us.
0: Ah no no bother it's great to be on here.
11: Um Munster were in town last night. Um wasn't a wasn't a great night for for Munster I suppose at at Monsgrave Park. Um and similar to the Gloucester game a really poor first half performance that saw Munster 12-0 down.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's similar enough from the previous week. Um, you, you look at the, like I, I suppose London Irish we have to give context to us are further along in their pre-season than than Munster would be at this stage. But at the same time, there were elements of that first half that were very, very disappointing, just like the previous week against Gloucester. Um, Munster are trying to bid in a new system. It's looking like something that, if you look at last season, Munster were kind of playing a, a three-two-one system. We've got like your, your forwards aligned across the field in a group of three players, two players, and then there could be one or two players on the far edge. Um, this season, it looks like Munster are playing something closer to a 3-3-1. Three, three, which is usually flatter than the, like the, than the 3-2-1 system. Um, and, and with that, it requires certain quality in certain players. So, like in the first half of both games uh, against Gloucester and London Irish, we saw um, Neil Cronin and Ben Healy at 9-10. and 10. Now, there were issues there, I think, for both those players in that system. Issues with the, the speed of delivery not being quick enough, uh, the quality of passing not being good enough, and that impacts the system overall. Like, if it looked like in the first in the first 40 minutes against Gloucester, and the first 40 minutes against London Irish, the Munster weren't really winning any collisions. That we were kind of playing with a lack of cohesion. Like, that 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 is related directly to the ball you're getting from nine and ten, and that was a big issue. And it's not to focus or just to single out the likes of, um, you know, the likes of uh, Ben Healy or the likes of Neil Cronin. But it's just, that's just the reality of it. And I think looking at the first half, the first 40 minutes in both games, I think that was very clear. Like, you can look at, well, is it the forwards or is it the halfbacks? And I think that that's a kind of a, it's a chicken and egg thing that doesn't really have, that doesn't really have an adequate answer, but it does have that they're both interlinked with each other. Now, if you compare that to the second half, last week and this week, Munster were much better. Winning collisions, and I think a lot of that comes down to the energy. The speed, and maybe even the like the the ability to challenge defenders the same way that uh, Patterson and Crowley were doing that that has the impact that you would need to make this system work because you've got more options you've got uh, I, I suppose the defence can't blitz as readily onto the outside defend, uh, on onto the outside attackers that makes it easier to find passes it makes it easier to progress the ball across the field and then progress the ball up the field. And that was the big takeaway I got from last night, uh, is that, like Gloucester, um, against the Irish in that second half, all it took was that change, 9, 10, 12, and, and 13 even, and all of a sudden, Munster looked way better.
11: Yeah, it very much sounds like it's just teething problems, but eventually it, it's going to work towards the greater good of putting in this system, which is hopefully going to be a lot more successful than the, the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Look, I, I think over the last two years, and this is a question that's been put to uh, Graham Roundtree and Mike Prendergast uh, in the last two press conferences that I've been at, where the question has been like, "Well, Munster haven't really performed in when it, when it comes to the big days. They haven't won a trophy since 2011. So, like, with that, you know, that performance has been put to them. And I think what Mike Prendergast, because he's the guy who has, like, he has full reign over the attack in in, in this. Uh, in, in this coaching setup that was confirmed by uh, Graham Brown in the first press conference of the season with that you're going to have days where it just it, it doesn't work certainly in pre-season where it looks a little bit janky the cohesion isn't there and every, and everything's kind of all over the place but when it builds in and when it hits and when it gets when it, when it works Munster will show stuff that we haven't seen from a Munster side that you typically don't associate with Monster. That's the, I suppose that's the tantalising thing about this, is that there is the opportunity here, to kind of build an attacking system that gives Monster an edge that maybe we haven't had in the last couple of uh, last couple of seasons.
11: Just before we leave the the London Irish game from last night, I suppose it was nice as well to see Declan Kidney back in Cork.
0: It was like uh, as I mentioned on the the coverage. He's a guy who doesn't really get, the, I suppose, the the thanks that he deserves for what he's done for Munster Rugby, first of all, but then Irish Rugby as a knock-on to that. Uh, really, a, a guy who just has a, a great legacy, certainly for what he did in the past here with uh, with Munster. And, you know, yes, it didn't end well for him at, at Ireland level. There was a lot of criticism, but what he's done for Munster in Ireland, I don't think should ever be forgotten.
11: Absolutely Talk to me a little bit about um, Malachi Fekitoa Who's I suppose An interesting character That's coming into the team And all black of course Um, What can he add to Munster?
0: He is a Just a super player Like uh, You could see there last week The organisation that he was doing I was in Musgrave Park last week For the game You could just see some of the organisation He was doing Offensively Defensively Like defensively Like he was nuking guys last week, this week, just hitting guys like you wouldn't think it was a preseason friendly. Like you would not think it was a preseason friendly the way that he was the way that he was defending. Um, he's a guy who I think has just the potential to be a, a top quality signing for Munster if he can stay fit. Now, he's a different type of player to Damon Dilende. Uh, Damon Dilende is a world-class guy. He's a fella who, you know, he's won a World Cup, obviously, with South Africa. But you look at uh, Malachi Feketoa as a guy who I think would have more of an impact in bringing on some of the younger players. And um, I think that's something that can be a real advantage both now to get a guy like Malachi Feketoa on the field, but to also benefit younger players down the road and a guy as well who maybe is kind of you know under the radar a small bit is Antoine Flich he was superb last night when he came off the bench in the second half he's a, a he's a, an Irish qualified Frenchman and he came from Bristol he's a guy who must have been trying to sign for a few years now he is just a quality player um, he can play 12 he can play 13 he has a, such a balanced skill set that's a guy who I think can be a kind of a a dark horse for like, like player of
11: the year for Munster this upcoming season yeah it's just I was just seeing there of course yeah, his debut last night pretty much uh, when he came into the centre so uh, certainly exciting to see players like that coming in around the squad um, I suppose we've talked a lot about the coaching staff and obviously The likes of Mike Prendergast and uh, Dennis Leamy in particular coming back in because we've seen them have success outside the province whilst we had a shortage of talent, I suppose, really on the coaching staff. Um, How impactful can they be now over the next couple of weeks Munster go away to Cardiff in their first game on Friday the 16th? How much of an impact could they have on this side?
0: Look, Cardiff is that kind of cliché tough place to go, especially when you're looking at the first couple of weeks of of the season. I think you're looking at uh, Prendergast and Leamy. These are guys who have come from winning environments to a certain extent. Uh, Dennis Leamy certainly was coaching at Leinster. They've won a lot in the last number of years. My Prendergast has been all over the top 14 at top clubs, like with Racing 92, working with great players. I suppose what they'll just bring is clarity, um, and, and not that there was that there wasn't clarity there before. But when you're building in something new, you're you're kind of backing your coaches to be. You know, like they're the guys who have to drive it to a certain extent so that the players can drive it. I think when you're looking at guys like that, for them to be monster guys as well, like that helps. Like it, it, it it's a it's a thing where you can look at like what what what's the difference that, that can make. It's just one of those small percentage things I think that, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter where you come from, like so the Joe Schmidt did well, you know, at that Leinster and, and, and Ireland without without being from Leinster or Ireland, but I look at Dennis Dini I look at Mike Prendergast I think they get the club same with Graham Graham Rountree they get what Munster's about and I think that goes a long way as well to getting guys on board with you and once you have them on board with you like you can achieve way more and I think when you're looking to build in and, and looking to get to look Munster this year we're going to build in with a lot of young players Like that's going to happen this season if like, you look at Edwin at Dog Bowl last night outstanding off the bench really really impressive he's a guy who's been out with an Achilles injury He's a UCC player this year, I think, AIL-wise, but he looked like a guy. And, and this is against the big, physical London Irish side. Edmund Dogbo looked like the real deal last night physically. Um, and he's a guy who, looked, you look at his line-out details, really good as well. That's a guy who I think can be a, a big player for most of the season. But, like, you look at all those young guys, like, it's important that they have, you know, fellas like Prendergast, fellas like Leamy, guys who have done it all at Munster, who kind of show, like, just what the crack is and what it means to be a monster player and the scale of occasions that are coming up because there's some big games coming up for Munster this, like this season um, in, in the next couple of months so that's going to be important for the hitter running especially you know with EORC coming up but I think those guys not just in the short term but in the medium to long term can have a huge impact on this young group of monster players
11: yeah, and of course then as well, the likes of Zeebo, your O'Mahonys and stuff like that, I suppose maybe Zebo and O'Mahony in particular, you're kind of almost looking at last chance saloon now for them to get their hands on some silverware Munster.
0: Well that's it, like, you know, you look at you look at Peter O'Mahony. certainly he's won a lot with Ireland, but you know, as as Munster captain, um, there's there's been no trophies, That's something that's gonna weigh on him to a certain extent as a player. Um it's like you know, with Zeebo, that's a guy who you just love, monster. You know, you look, you look at the passion he plays with. Uh, I, I think looking at both those guys, they're heading into well, Omani more so than than Zebo than yeah. I would say. They're heading into the kind of the coming up onto the, they're they're closer to the end of the beginning than we will say. And I I think that that drive will come from the senior players. But like to an extent, you can't just look at the senior players either. It has to kind of come from. The bottom up, and I think from the young players driving it on, who have been kind of watching as Munster haven't won anything since 2011, like that desire from these young players is there for them to push on, not just to, to you know make Munster their own, but to win trophies for the province, and like that, like that's a real driver for the younger players who kind of have come up, like they've got no fear of the blue jerseys, they've got no fear of of going out there and and and, and playing, and like it's that's something like you look at the last number of seasons for Munster when they've come up against those big games against Leinster, it looks like they've frozen. And, like, they haven't played to their potential. And, look, nobody intends to play poorly, but that's just the way that it's happened. And I think that, when you look at how well the likes of Casey, the likes of Coombs have done, certainly, I think that there's an opportunity now for those younger players to drive the standards themselves, which will in turn, kind of, get that reaction out of the senior guys as well, and energise the whole province. That's the I suppose the tantalising possibilities that are there—that if it can catch fire, a Munster like we've seen that, like the province with that energy, can win
11: and win everything. Just finally, what does success look like this year?
0: It's difficult to say. New coaches coming in. There'll be a lot of younger players getting opportunities. And um, like typically, you say like that. You know uh, that people hate the word transition. You know they just do when it comes to you know, a team being in transition, because it usually means, like transition usually means you're going to be losing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the case with Munster this season. Now, the start of the season will be very challenging. That emerging Ireland tour will be a pain, but they should have access to likes of Ty Byrne, Peter Romani, uh, Casey, Connor Murray, uh, Earl Conway, well, Conway's injured, but you know what I mean. They're getting those yeah. guys back in. I-, I think for Munster this season, getting into the URC playoff, um, winning one of them, and getting to a kind of a certainly to the quarterfinal stage of, of Europe depending on the draw would be I would say a success based on new coaching team coming in and everything like that I will say that if RG Snaman can get fit and stay fit then all bets are off because yeah. he's a guy who can have a Will Skelton like impact on Monster the same way that uh, Will Skelton had for La Rochelle and for Starris uh, RG Snaman is a game changer and if he can stay fit that's a guy who can drive Munster to get above teams like Toulouse and, and others who have traditionally beaten Munster over the last number of years because RG Sneiman is that good and sometimes all it takes is one guy to come back and make a difference and RG Sneiman can be that difference maker because again, I, I don't think Munster are that far off they just need like one or two players to kind of step up again this season like they did last year and uh, I think with the right system um, I, I think Prendergast has a system that can work I think Munster can go can go far, but on the face of it, right now you would just say, look, I think a good return would be getting to the playoffs, top, you know, finishing in top four, getting to playoffs, maybe making a semi final and going from there. Um, and again, I think it'll, it'll just depend on fitness, because again, I think with RG Sneddon being fit, I think Munster probably won something in the last two years if RG Sneddon is fit and available. So it it comes down to that, I think. And if uh, if they can do that, all bets are off. But I would say, I would say top four in URC getting to the last last date, maybe in Europe and roll the dice from
11: there. Absolutely. Well, there is certainly plenty of, of elements to be positive about and, and a reason to be excited for the season ahead. So, uh, Tom, thanks a million and I'm sure we'll chat to you again as the season progresses. Thank you very much. Tom Savage from Three Red Kings my favourite rugby website
2: and yours be sure and check them out at threeredkings.com online that's pretty much it from our show this evening thank you very much indeed uh, for listening to us on the Big Red Bench tonight uh, it's been a packed hour of sport if you missed any of it it'll be on our podcast in just a bit we heard from St. Finbar we heard from Cabry Rangers heard from Can Turk heard from Bandon heard from uh, Baila uh, today we talked to Andrew Horgan about uh, a big week for the Republic of Ireland and you just heard from uh, Three Red Kings there and Tom Savage and if you missed yesterday's show as well that's also available online you can get it on redfm.ie if you want to listen there you can also go to your favourite uh, podcast app and uh, just search for Big Red Bench and get all the uh the uh, recent episodes up there so that's it from us thank you very much indeed for listening to The Big Red Bench tonight as I mentioned we will be back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 you can follow us on social media at Big Red Bench on Facebook on Instagram and on Twitter Max Blackburn is up next three hours of the very best Irish music coming away on Green on Red enjoy the rest of your Sunday night folks talk to you soon
1: The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red
2: FM.